connection is a weird thing. It's, I don't know if it's science or if it's just magic. I don't know. It's like you can't help who you're attracted to when you marry someone or whatever. Hopefully there's like a mixture of your heart and brain. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if you overthink it, it's not good. But also you have to think a little bit. It's like you got to have the balance. Welcome to Curious Goldfish, a podcast community where music and curiosity come together through interesting conversations with the music makers of our world. I'm your host, Jason English. You can find Curious Goldfish in all the major podcast and social media platforms. And of course, we have all of our content on our website, CuriousGoldfish.com. Thirty-year-old Amanda Donald is super talented, and it's fun to meet someone where you instantly connect and hit it off. We shared a lot of laughs in this conversation and touched on a bunch of different topics, like romance and relationships. She sings a couple of songs for us too, including a song about red flags, and we play a fun game about what she considers to be red flags in a relationship. We also go deep on her first album, One Hundred Roots, and hear the inspiration for the title track an incredible true story from the 1800s. Her sister Katrina encouraged her to write a song about it, and it's beautiful. And speaking of Katrina, she was also with Amanda during the recording. You will hear her in the background. And one of the cool takeaways from this conversation was the connection that they share. Sister relationships can be complicated, but it's obvious they build each other up informally and through the music they play together. And it's clear who Amanda's number one fan is. But don't just, just don't ask them to play Rocky Top. <laughs> here's Amanda Donald. Let's dive in. All right, so I'm here at 30A Songwriter Music Festival in January, and I'm sitting with Amanda Donald. Amanda, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thanks Thank, for having me. Thanks for coming in. Is this the? Is this your first time at the festival? Perform? This is my second. Second. So my okay. first time was last year, twenty twenty three. So I'm excited to be here again this year. You uh, how'd you get hooked up with the with the festival last year? Um, so Abe Partridge, who is also a songwriter in the festival, um, I've been in, in his band, Abe Partridge Purdies, and and so he was able to get me in as my own as myself apart from his band um, last year. So and again for this year. Awesome. And you're close. You live in South Alabama, right? All right. Yeah. Awesome. How many festivals and things like this do you do on a regular basis? I'll be honest, not very many. I've done some of the regional festival songwriter festivals in my area. I did the Panama City Songwriter Festival last year, 2023. And but not not very many, to be honest. Yeah. How long ago did the your album come out? 100 Roots. 100 Roots came out in August 2023. Are you are you happy with the in the product? Okay. Yeah, I was I was able to be a co-producer, which was important for me because I had a specific vision for each of the songs, and so I'm glad I was able to have that freedom, call some of the shots as far as instrumentation, that sort of thing. So it all worked out. It all worked out for the best. Do you go to a lot of festivals as as a an attendee, or is it most mostly performing? Again, not really. Yeah. My first, so we grew up. My sister Katrina is here hey, for no, the sorry. listeners who can't see. <laughs> but we grew up going to a lot of bluegrass festivals. Nice. 
So the first like non-bluegrass music festival I went to was recently. We went up to Chattanooga. We had a blast. It was so much fun. So yeah, I'm not very experienced as a, a music festival goer. All right. So Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. If whoever, Live Nation or whoever said, hey, Amanda, you have one evening to put the lineup together with four or five acts at a festival. Okay. Who would that be? My number one is Allison Krauss and Union Station. Like, so they would close it or they would open? Oh, gosh. The order is important. The order. Okay. I'm going to say they would close it. And then I would love to see, I'll be honest, I would love to see Led Zeppelin in concert. That would be so much fun. Didn't Allison Krauss do something with yeah. Robert Plant? Allison Krauss and yeah. Robert Plant are currently touring. Okay. So that and makes sense. And it would be, yeah. And I, honestly, I would love to see them together as well, but... Like OG, like Led Zeppelin in concert. You want the whole thing? Yeah, that would be cool. So Led Zeppelin kind of opening for Allison Krauss, that would be... That would be awesome. That would be good. All right. Any Anyone else to fill? Let me think. I have so many. I w- okay. Can the people be like already yeah. gone? Yeah, 100%. Okay. I, wanna, I would love to have seen George Jones. Oh, right. Yeah, right. In concert. I will say Allison Krauss, Union Station... Their live album from Louisville, oh Kentucky. Gosh. Wow. I was living in Lexington at the time, very briefly, and that came out, and I, I played that over oh and my. over and over. To me, it's just perfection. Was Allison Krauss one of your big inspirations? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So tell us about the 100 Roots album. What's the, okay. what's the story behind that? 100 Roots is a song written about an oak tree that is growing in Mobile. And it was actually Katrina's idea to write a song about it. But the story is a young man in Mobile was convicted of murder, murdering his best friend because the last place they were seen was the Church Street graveyard at night. And next day, the guy's dead. His friend is dead. So they are convicting him of murder, but he is saying he didn't do it. And up until the day that they hanged him for murder he was claiming his innocence and and he said an oak tree will grow out of my grave to prove my innocence and there's literally an oak tree growing out of his grave and the grave is a true story is there so i don't know what are i i don't know the statistical like chances of an oak tree (laughs) how oak trees work but it's still pretty crazy it's a crazy story Somebody said he put acorns in his pocket before they hanged him, or like he swallowed some acorns. But that's, that's really good. So that's a great, inspiring source for the for the song. Yeah. What was it like to write the song? Was it quick? Yeah, that one was pretty quick. I kind of like researched the story and the date in 1835. Like that's the actual year. So I researched the story and put it in verse form and had the chorus. So that one was pretty quick and. It, it's actually one of my favorite story songs that I like to perform. It sounds like like Long Black yeah. Veil. Same vibe. Same vibe, yeah. yeah. same vibe for yeah, sure. That's great. That's a great comparison. Where did you learn to write songs? I guess I never learned how to write songs in the fact like I never took a songwriting course. Or I guess the songwriters that I love kind of just copied their song layout or whatever verse chorus type thing i was a first grade teacher for a year and a few months and so like in first grade rhyming is very it's something that we do right so actually when i was teaching i feel like i wrote my best songs when i was teaching 
Because it was just so much in the forefront of my brain, like rhyme and words. And another song on the album is When I Leave Alabama. Is that a story about your own journey? That um, Somewhat. Um, so I was born in Mobile, and I have never lived outside of the general Mobile area. So the first verse is not autobiographical, but I I just remember being in high school and the kids would always be like, oh, I can't wait to get out of this place. As if it were just so terrible. We live in a very beautiful area. Sure. Used that sentiment of when you're young, you just want to go and explore the world. And then maybe like when you get in your late 20s, you appreciate home a little more. And then obviously when you're at the end of your life, you're going to a different place. There's another song called Red Flags, which okay. apparently is your sister's favorite. And reading the title and then listening to the song a few yeah. times, it, it feels like it's about red flags in a relationship. Yeah. Can you confirm that? Absolutely. That's, right. If that's how you want to interpret it, then that's, I'm just kidding. That is that is how, it, how I wrote it. I, mean, I was going to say most people have probably been in a relationship that they saw red flags and they ignored them. I have. I don't know if anyone else, I'm sure most people on the earth have. Yeah. So. And you're married now, though. I'm married now. Okay, cool. He he probably has some, what they call it nowadays, beige flags. (laughs) Oh, great. They're not red flags, but it's still some kind of flag. Yeah, we all do, right? Yeah, we all do. No, what I love is how you talk about riptides. Yeah. And other other things. It was a a great kind of way to. Thank you. to, to, To put that. The red flags are flying. Yeah. Right? I grew up on the coast, the Gulf Coast, Alabama, and I feel like every year there's news stories of people who come down to the beach and drown in the Gulf because of the rip currents or they get pulled out and then they get, and always like the red flags were there. And I'm just like, pay it, like, why in the world would you ignore the red flags? Like literally the red flags on the beach, right? Literally, they fly. People, They're yeah. probably flying today out here. So what, what, I, I know you're married. Why do you think people are drawn to people, even though the red flags are so blatant? Why, um, why do you think people ignore them? I think some red flags are more easily seen in hindsight, maybe. And maybe in your gut, you saw the red flags, but you just either ignored them or made them in your mind seem not as bad as they were. At least for me personally. Because it's, it's one of those things where I always read and hear about women yeah. who are drawn to the bad boy. Yeah. And so it's like they're screaming all these really crazy issues. Yeah. And yet, the, yet there's the attraction. I've, I always find that fascinating. Attraction is a weird thing. It's, I don't know if it's science or if it's just magic. I don't know. It's like you can't help who you're attracted to. Right. The battle between your heart and your brain type right. thing. Right. So hopefully when you marry someone or whatever, hopefully there's like a mixture of your heart and brain. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if you overthink it, it's not good. But also you have to think a little bit. It's like you got to have the balance. Mm-hmm. I'm by no means like a relationship <laughs> expert, just for the record. I'm just, yeah, just talking. All good. So on this topic of red flags, there's other podcasts I'm not going to claim this. Uh, other podcasts that focus on relationships and dating, they they play yeah. these little fun games like, okay. like red, is it a red flag or a deal breaker? Okay. So can I can I give you a few of these? Yes, but let me ask, is 
if it's a our red flag and deal breaker synonymous, is that the same thing? So the red flag to me, it's okay. There's an issue. I'm aware of the issue, but you're but gonna ignore it. Yeah, we're gonna navigate it. Okay. The deal breaker is you're calling it off. Calling off. It, another way to think of the deal breaker. Are you all familiar with the term ick? Yeah. What's your ick? Yeah. So that that's another way to think. Okay. About it. By the way, what is your ick? To me, it's an attitude thing. If someone just has a, is full of themselves or can't just chill out and have fun, to me, that's an ick. So just undateable. Yeah. yeah. That's good. All right. So here, I'm just going to give you some rapid fire things. Okay. Red flag or deal breaker, they are a musician. I don't think that's either. I don't think it's a deal breaker or a red flag because I'm a musician and I'm waving all kinds of green flags. <laughs> More green than red. All right. What if they're not a musician? My husband is not a musician. (laughs) Same answer. Same answer. Red flag or deal breaker, they are from the north. Red flag. Maybe. I'll be honest with you. I have been to Boston once. (laughs) And I loved it. I loved Boston. The people were so nice. And I'm from the deep south Alabama. You... I'm not going to tell you what my preconceived ideas of the, of Boston Bostonians were, but I would totally date a guy from Boston. Really? Yes. I have a lot of friends in Boston. Let's, I just want to like clarify that. Okay. But there's a lot of people that are not that nice. <laughs> and they're and they know it. it it's okay. the self Interesting. self-awareness okay. and they don't, they don't care. Okay. So you know, Interesting. If you I wasn't and, in Boston, if, long if you and the beige okay. flag thing don't work out, the bla- the ba- if you and the beige flag man don't work out, there's other places to look for men that Boston. So don't go to Boston. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, all right. Red flag or deal breaker? They listen to Pandora and oh, not Spotify. Lord. Oh Lord, golly! I feel like you're just describing my husband. He is definitely a Pandora user. Okay. And I don't know why. I guess. I think it's because he probably doesn't want to pay for music streaming services, if I'm being honest. I pay for Apple Music, and maybe that maybe that's a red flag for others, because a lot of people use Spotify. That's right, yeah. Pandora's cool for its own reason. but That's true. Yeah. Like, during Christmas time, I use Pandora as, yeah. like, I'll type in folk Christmas or something, right. and I like hearing stuff that I wouldn't normally hear on Apple. Apple, I don't know, because Apple Music has playlists now. I just remember when I when I moved to the South a few years ago. Yeah, one of the first people I met encouraged me because she asked me, "Hey, where do you where do you listen to your music?" And I uh-huh. said, "Apple Music." Oh, you're an Apple Music user. I was. Oh, and then and then she said, "Listen, Spotify, it'll change your life." And I was like, "Really? It just seems all the same." Yeah, she was 100 percent right. Really, 100 right. Should I convert? Yeah. Okay, Katrina's been trying to get me to convert for years. Yeah, yeah I think me and Katrina, we're aligned. <laughs> we're aligned on this. Okay. All right. And then you're from Alabama, so I, there's, in terms of college football and SEC, oh, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if you're aligned to a particular team, but I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. Okay. Red flag, deal breaker, they're an Auburn fan. I feel totally neutral about it. Okay. To be honest, we grew up with our dad's side of the family being Alabama Crimson Tide fans, of course, but we had our one cousin who, for some reason, grew up being an Auburn fan, and he was like the black sheep of the there, family. There's always one. Yeah. We, to this day, I still don't know why he's an Auburn fan. Do you know what? <laughs> Probably just to, 
I love Auburn University. You said you had a yeah. child there. Mm-hmm. It's a great school. I feel neutral about it. Okay. Roll Tide. Wow. I just had to I had to throw that in there. All right. Good diplomatic answer until the end. Very good. All Let's right. just say when we play it out and people request Rocky Top, so we usually have to pass on that yeah, request. Like, there's not enough money in the tip jar for Rocky Top. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> yes. One time we were playing somewhere and this old guy, and this was like the day after Tennessee beat Alabama. Oh, boy. And he came up with a $10 bill and he was like, can y'all play Rocky Top? And we were like, nah, sorry, we can't. And he was like. He took it. He, took it he literally took it. I mean, the Tennessee fans, they are a different breed. Yeah, that was a first. And we're still shaking our heads about that one. Just a couple more things. So you're 30 now. Yeah. You have, you have one album out. I have one album out. Right. How many years were you working on music before you were like, hey, I've got enough for, enough for an album? We've been playing music since we were kids. So, but as far as songwriting, I was probably in my mid 20s when I really started wanting to write my own songs and kind of dive into that aspect of music because I love, I've always loved to play music and sing. But I guess it never really occurred to me that, hey, I can like create my own songs. And watching those singer songwriters perform their own material kind of inspired me. What is it about the process or the art that you love so much? Just, I guess it's more of like a creative outlet. I love that aspect of it where you can just create and um, it's fun. It's challenging trying to come up with, you know, words and how it flows and the, coming up with a melody, that aspect. It's just fun. Probably every song is different, but do you start with the words first typically, or it, sometimes does the melody, you have to find the words for the me- for the melody? Yeah, most of my songs I wrote the words first, but there's a few of them that I heard a melody and then worked around that. But I'm definitely more of a lyrics person, and that's another thing I've discovered as I've you know dived into the songwriting scene is that some people want the melody, like they want a good melody, and like some people are more... They want to hear the words and understand what the you know the words are about, and I'm definitely more of one of those people. I love the words to a song, right? So, I start mostly. I start with the words first. I'm really going to put you on the spot now. Okay. What What's some of your favorite lyrics by anybody? Oh gosh, mm, one of my favorite songwriters is Paul Simon, and his work with Simon and Garfunkel is like some of my favorite all time music and songs ever. And they have a live album. I want to say it's like 1967 or maybe somewhere. And it's just Paul Simon playing the guitar and them two singing. And it's literally every song is just beautiful and amazing. If I could pick a song from that. Hmm. There's a song called Sparrow. Do you know it? It's a Simon and Garfunkel song. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's just about, you know, life. And then at the end you go back to the earth, but. Anyway, oh, I love that. Yeah, I don't right. know why I'm talking about that, but so in addition to songwriting, you obviously play instruments—not yeah. just one, not just two, but several. How, what was the first instrument you started with, and how did it expand beyond the one? The first instrument I started with was mandolin, and when I was probably eight or nine, 
And then I kind of lost interest for a little bit. And then I started playing the guitar when I was 12. And me and Katrina met some people our age um, in the Pensacola bluegrass, going to like the local jams and um, played search shows with our bluegrass friends. And that's when I really became interested when I started playing guitar. And then I started playing the fiddle when I was 15 or 16. And then I became like obsessed with that. I only wanted to play the fiddle. On the album uh, 100 Roots, did you play all the instruments or was it? No, um, acoustic guitar and mandolin, all the acoustic guitar and mandolin and fiddle parts. Katrina played bass on the songs with upright bass. And then uh, I had someone else play electric bass on some of the songs, pedal steel, electric guitar. I think that's it. Oh, banjo. Ron Block of Allison Krause and Union Station played banjo. Yeah. How did that happen? I I emailed him and I was like, hey, Ron, I'm a super fan. I love how, because on his website, he has studio inquiries. Email this email. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. So That's amazing. He was super kind about it because he's literally one of my music heroes. Good for you to to be proactive and reach out to him. Thank you. I mean, that's that's really I still can't believe he did it, to be honest. In preparing for this conversation went on YouTube and one thing that struck me was a few of those videos that I think you put together that has the Brady Bunch split screen where you're literally in sync playing four or five instruments at a time. How did you do that? Well, it's it's an app that you can get on your iPhone and it's called Acapella and it's a very cool app where you can, they have a metronome that you listen to and so you would lay down. It's basically like recording in the studio if you were to just a track, which is how I did my album, just track by track, layering on top of each other. Um, and yeah, I just kind of was playing around with it for fun. And I was like, this is really cool. But yeah. It is really it's cool. Probably really, it's probably cheesy, but. No, it's great. It's, okay. like, it's like a good kind of cheesy. Okay. It's not a red flag or a deal for, breaker. Okay, good. It's not an ick. Okay, good. <laughs> It might be for some people as she uses acapella app. Deal breaker. You're now a full-fledged musician. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've grown up playing instruments and now writing a bunch of songs. Why is music so important to you? I think it's just something that's in my heart. And I think all musicians would say the same. Like the guy, um, your previous episode, he loves to sing. I love to sing. I love to play music. It's just a passion and it makes you, it makes you feel good when you do it. I think it's just something that I'm not going to say you're born with it because maybe, maybe not, but it's definitely just something that's in your heart that makes you feel a certain way that you want to keep doing it. It's almost like an addiction, I guess. (laughs) You just want to keep doing it. Playing music. And then curiosity, is that relevant to songwriting and being a musician i would think so yeah curiosity adventure doing things maybe outside of what you're used to or what you grew up being used to or whatever i think curiosity is definitely a major part of life in general i was kind of googling when you were talking about curiosity and stuff because I go through phases where I'll just like want to I'll dive into something that I'm curious about and I call it I'm obsessed with this right now and so my current obsession is ancestry.com okay wow and like doing my our family tree 
and it's so cool. I will nerd out about it with my sister. <laughs> What's the one thing that struck you the most about that process? Was there anything that was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea? I mean, this might sound dumb, but the amount of like great, great, great grandparents that we have is crazy. Like it, it literally blows my mind. And I'm like, all these people came together and, and now I'm here. Right. It's great. I don't know. It just kind of is mind blowing to me. But yeah, that's my current curiosity okay. and obsession. Well, I appreciate the conversation. W- would you be kind enough to play us a couple songs? Absolutely. All right. Okay. The song is A Hundred Roots and it's the title track on my album. Prove my innocence 
song is called Red Flags and it's on my album 100 Roots. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Curious Goldfish. Please follow and subscribe to the podcast and on social media. Also, tell your music-loving friends about us too. Until next time, stay curious. <laughs>